You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. On today's episode, Paul and me, I'm Anna, hi, are talking about the adventure game Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, obviously by LucasArts, or not obviously, maybe you thought we were going to talk about the movie. Surprise, we probably will. So get ready to join us on a thrilling journey as we revisit the classic game. So grab your whip, put on your fedora, and let's start the adventure. <laughs> follow that up, though, Paul. That's yeah, that's I'm that. We will do none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own a fedora. <laughs> no, we, we, we uh, I don't, I don't. We have a fedora either. That's terrible. Well, we're telling them to. What if they have it? Why are neither of us denying uh, ownership of a whip here? That's the weird thing. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. You can't can't always have all three, but. Yeah. Well, I have several head of cattle. That's my excuse. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave that out there to be like, really? Yeah. No, you should. Maybe. So, yeah, the game, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Anna watched all three Indiana Joneses. Over the last three weeks, she'd done. And, and and I was like, the game's easier if you just saw the movie and she's going to tell us if that's true or if I'd done a manipulation on her. Um, <laughs> and then also, we'll talk about the game, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Largely. At least a little. Well, if yeah. I use my notes, we will. I just realized how long they were. <laughs> Holy cow. My notes are just yelling at me things. It says, listen to her. <laughs> yeah. No, you should. I put so many words here. And, you know, it's funny because as I'm writing, sometimes I don't like, especially if I'm playing a game or I'm watching a movie, I'm not paying attention to how much I'm putting down. So sometimes like I'm done at the end, I'll look at it and I'm like, was this supposed to be an essay for school? Right. <laughs> Where was all this? Yeah, I, it's like, great. I won't remember those little details. There's no way. So, you know. Uh, no, I know what we... I think almost every episode we do, I I miss the main thing I wanted to say, like mm-hmm. like the, the the main crux of it. It's like the reason why we got excited for an, for an episode. I usually forget mm-hmm. the thing. I did it. I did it last episode, but I'm not confident what our last episode really was at this point. So I'm just gonna, yeah. But um, all right. So let's start with what did you think of quickly the movie and then the game? Because because you know there's a relation there in that it's the same thing. Well, the movie jumped into right away, uh, being a movie, things were happening, which seems to be what it it liked doing in the last two movies, too. Stuff's going on. Uh, I mean, like, (laughs) seriously, it really does. If I was thinking because I'm Paul, you mentioned, you know, what movies people would want to watch with their kids and stuff. And I'm like, that's the cool thing about both the Last Crusade and the Temple of Doom is is like immediately stuff's happening. You're right in the movie. There's not a lot of Mm. long, boring dialogue. Things are happening, you know, so him coming in with the cross and then getting in the backstory, getting to meet his extended family, you know, seeing Sean Connery in it and stuff. I thought the movie was had fun all the way through it it did not feel like the two hours that it was awesome yeah okay well i'm glad to hear that just on a personal note because everyone listen <laughs> i was kind of i was throwing it out there i'm like i'm pretty sure this movie holds up like phenomenally mm-hmm. well and, unless really like unless my son just saw the gleam in my mm-hmm. eyes and like you know just really tried hard to like it for me i think it held up really well because he was like mm-hmm. six at the time and he was glued to it mm-hmm. and um that's all righty <laughs> 
Well, the second one was really like, the, I think now I see why the second was my favorite. It wasn't just the Temple of Doom aspect. It was shortstop. And it was like, it was the kid, man. I love the kid. That was probably why I liked the second one so much. And now that I'm older and I can grasp more into the storyline and see more of the complexities, you know, the third one is starting to pull with quite a bit of charm. Right. Yeah. I, I think as a kid, the reason I like the third one more is because I, we, I got my mitts on like this little like pocket Bible that was like the exact size and shape and dimensions of the, the grail diary. Grail diary. Yeah. Nice. So it was, yeah, I got to reenact mm. it in the living room. I remember jumping off the, you know, toy boxes and stuff, doing wrestling moves, mixing it up. <laughs> right. No, that's good. Well, you know, and the game who would also obviously featured the grail diary made it very straightforward to use. It did. Okay, here's here's something just to throw out there uh, as far as like a fetch quest for the listeners, because it's uh, and, and a, a preemptive note to that is that what's weird about doing this kind of show and, and lovely and weird, I should say, in a lovely sense, is that it's it's often hard to and it's, isn't a criticism I'm about to do, but it's it's hard to like criticize things because you know that like mm-hmm. a, a decent amount, not a decent amount, and not that we know, but it's like developers of these games that we talk about um, have been guests on and, and listened to these shows, especially if it's like a game they done and like, Oh, let's mm-hmm. hear what they had to say about it. So it's a little weird doing this stuff. I feel like usually when there's a medium where you get on a thing and, and critique a, a thing, you, you don't really run the risk of the person hearing you unless you're like a major platform. So I guess mm-hmm. it's, you, you have to be really major, really niche. And then it happens again, <laughs> that <laughs> risk. But that yeah, being said, we've, oh, we have definitely interviewed at least one person on the team for this game. So Right, that's and something that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> exactly, and it's heading in the direction of, of Noah Faustina. I was so bummed mm-hmm. I didn't get to, get to be on that episode. And Noah, if you happen to be mm-hmm. listening and you want to come back on the show, that, that'd be awesome because I missed out on it. So I'd, I'd really like mm-hmm. to, to chat with you. We could talk about other games in Fate of Atlantis. I mean, yeah. probably. I mean, I'll tell you that we can, <laughs> but then, you know, we largely would just talk about Fate of Atlantis because it's, it's, I think it's a perfect game. But anyway. It's just the nitty gritty is so fun. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you're splitting hairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyway, to the Noah Faustin thing, um, and to your initial point, oh my God, I think I'm holding this together somehow. Um, the Grail Diary that comes in the box that, that you reference was made by, well, first of all, it's illustrated by Steve Purcell of Sam and Max, mm-hmm. um, but it says it was written by Mark Faustine. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of, I guess, confirm more than anything. But, uh, well, not confirm it's his brother, because I don't know what, confirm that it, if it's a family member of Noah's. It would make sense. It has to be, I guess. It would make sense. Well, you know, obviously they were connected with Steve Purcell, right? They got your nod homage right at the beginning of the game again with your your totem waiting happily for you. All right, and I'm glad that you you mentioned the totem thing because I was just thinking today, looking at it, that, that Sam and Max is in this game like while Sam and Max was still just a comic, mm-hmm. if, if even a comic yeah. at that point. So that's kind of neat, Yeah, because right? they, they had to thank Steve Purcell personally in the ending credits of the game for the use of Sam and Max, which so now I understand why, because I oh, didn't know cool. that. I was just like, why him personally? If they've already got the games, they don't need to thank him. But dude, that's so cool. Right, right. That is really cool. Look at that. See, this is, that's the kind of stuff that makes listeners think we we like had a plan coming into this. The way it just built off each other. My life relies on happy coincidences. It just happens to be that you and I have a lot of them, Paul. That helps yeah, exactly. the listeners, right? They benefit from it. It's great. Exactly. Arguably, anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what else is in that room? The office is really fun because there's um the gem, mm-hmm. the crystal from Zach McCracken. You can find that in yeah. there. 
Yeah. And um, it's my this- favorite room visually outside of the room with the paintings in it. Right. When they uh they go into the tomb and they find the tablet and they reveal the grave and then the the knight or king richard or whoever it was that was in the grave was there and he's just like all dead and then he, yes. yeah that part with that one scene like when he first opens the tomb before he does anything else is flipping a masterpiece because it is it's a very simple game in, in a few of the rooms it uses a lot of color like the library is visually appealing Amazing. although it does it gets a bit old if you have to spend a lot of time in there to kind of going back and forth back and forth back and forth but it's a beautiful game that's funny. Oh, this is, that's that you said that was the amount of bitterness of somebody who just finished this game. Um, oh, it's a little fresh in my mind. I apologize. I, I might complain about mazes a little too much here. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, and this one, I guess I'll mention my quick art thing real quick. I'll just say the mm-hmm. one little art note I made was that there's a scene, and it's not a scene you even necessarily get. Uh, it's only if you uh, go the path in which Hitler signs the pass for you. So when you're in front of Hitler and he's signing the thing, if you see that, that scene is amazing. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's not true because I do have another note on sort of art that mis- I, I misled myself again. It says uh, Steve Purcell fits indie. Um, mm-hmm. Like just like there's something about Purcell's style. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, obviously I'm not like making a revelation here because they, they brought him on board to, well, prior even to Sam and Max, but enough so to be like, here, actually, your characters are going to be one of our few games. That's how mm-hmm. that's how much you fit us. So it's not a revelation, but seeing his artwork in in this game, it's really easy to tell what he did, what he done. Like you, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm starting to almost have an eye for his things. Where like when I was mm-hmm. looking at Monkey Island stuff, his stuff was popping out. And yeah. there, there's something about he. There's like a sophistication in Indy and Purcell's work where it's like. Mm-hmm. It's not too tongue in cheek and it's not too bendy and cartoony, but it is a little. And like that's yeah. how that's kind of how Indy is. Like he's a little, he's a little tiny reserve for Goofy, silly, yeah. but, but but he's mostly not. And like, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to say that's all that, that, cause that's probably not Steve Purcell to say mostly not, cause his things are largely silly, but I'm just, it just fits with Indy so well. This kind of, this kind of well dressed silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well dressed, silly. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, and I like it. It's like it's stubby, but it's also round. It's nice. but it's not uncomfortably so. It's quite good. Ooh, nice. I also loved the ranked house was really well done. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked how all that how they made everything look all cockeyed and kind of all like weird and the door off the hinges and and just all the stuff on the ground. It was like exciting. I was like, wow, I really want to look through this room. It was really enticing. Well, let's, I'll tell you what, let's stay on positives right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, I'll just kind of say that this, exactly what you described, just reminded me of the kind of invigoration this game gave me in, in the sense of like freedom to explore. And it's mm-hmm. all it's all an illusion to a degree with adventure games, especially the older ones, but it perfectly captures that vibe, especially when you're describing mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game where like you kind of have this ability to walk around campus or go to, go to Henry's house, go to senior, go to your go to Sean Connery's house. Um, you know, you can even return there before going to Venice. And, you know, I guess it's not like the most open world, but I, mm-hmm. something back in the day, we didn't even need much. It was just a little bit of, there was definitely the spirit of adventure thing. And, and I guess that, that would spill into probably a later part of the conversation to say is you, you could, for, for people who, who aren't aware, this, this game was done in, in quite a rush um, deadline wise mm-hmm. for, for the film. And so the, I'll say that preemptively now for a lot of things I'll probably say later, which is you can almost, you can see great ideas that maybe got cut short or things that 
Yeah. You can see now like, that you've said that, Jesus. Because I didn't. I have not researched anything into this game. I played it cold, right, guys? And then I watched the movie. I played the game. I took my notes on everything I watched and did, and I'm here. So I'm I'm learning as we're going, and and some of this stuff is just like going back in hindsight. It's like, oh yeah. That's no, that's cool that you can validate that because it's like even okay. This is a the the least uh, probably the weakest point I could add to that argument. I'll say off the bat, which is there's there's certain scenes in the catacombs that are very Atlantis looking, mm-hmm. um, but I, and I really don't even mean in, in aesthetics from what I said a second ago. But just as far as aesthetics go, you can see a hint of Atlantis for sure in the catacombs, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the in the walls and things like that, and the, the moist nature of it. <laughs> um, but also. <laughs> if I really threw myself at that, but it's, <laughs> but it is less the visuals and just more like uh, the, the, the path situation. I, I don't know. I've, I could almost, I, it's very, very hard to articulate, but I could almost feel them wanting for time. Right. Yeah. While you were playing it. Well, you can see that in some of the, the repetition of gameplay style to navigate each zone, as far as doing the, the light Rosella in the troll cavern style, right? You can have this little section I'm just like, where yeah. is the cheat that turns the light on everywhere? This would be so much easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like, though, it's fun. Like, for example, in the monkey, it reminded me of Monkey Island a little in when you were having conversations with the guards and your little, like, back and forths between them if you're choosing to do it all with words instead of with fighting them. Right. right. What did you do, like in that too a, mo- uh, a second ago? Which a what? Oh, um, uh, Monkey Island and the the insult right. sword fighting, and it just it sort of kind of brought me to that conversational style that they they went with there. Yeah, no, that's very interesting because I took I took a note about that as well, where it, it reminded me in a sense of um, I guess I guess I've had on my mind as, as mentioned possibly in the last episode about Ron Gilbert, you know, playing King's Quest and and going on from there, and and I do get some kind of King's Quest vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that where it's like, you know, with the snake, for example, so I'm really struggling right. to think of one, but with the snake where it's like, it's better not to fight kind of thing. And, and that is, mm-hmm. that is kind of the undertone, I guess, of, of this story too, where, where the, the fighting option is there, but it's usually better not to. Well, it directs you there immediately. You're, you're in the game. All of a sudden you have your conversation and then there's like, oh, here's a boxing ring. I'm like, all right, well, I can't do much with it. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. It's like, no, now you're going to box. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> and I, I guess. It must be worth some of those adventure points at the end if you end up boxing and beating him on all of the levels. Like, cause I just, I beat him at like the easiest one and I beat him at the next one. And I'm like, I figure I'll come back to this guy later. But it turns out, I guess it was just like a tutorial. So I wasn't sure because I didn't realize there'd be a point system at the end. Right. And well, so my takeaway of it is both is it that it's, it's mm-hmm. like an introduction to the fighting mechanism um, of the game, which, which I'll just say really quickly. Like I, I liked it. I, I, I think it's fine. Like it's it's <laughs> for somebody who doesn't play anything but adventure games, I wouldn't even know if it was clunky. I guess mm-hmm. so. There's that. But the, all that being said, it's like yeah, it was totally like it, I didn't mind it. I wouldn't want it to like mm-hmm. pop up in every every adventure game. But I thought it was cool. What did you think of it, real quick? Uh, what are we talking about? Sorry, the fighting mechanism. That was my bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I wasn't sure if we moved on to a different subject. You can keep that. It's all right. Everybody brain gaps. But yeah, no, I, it was fun. The fighting made sense. You're using the numeral pad. I, I, I thought maybe somebody that played that might have played uh, Sierra Championship Boxing because I'm, I'm kind of like thinking that that was one of the original boxing games and it kind of had that vibe to it. Right. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. 
My 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 yeah. My retort is it sounds oddly mean. I'm not trying to be mean, so I, I'm just not going to say it. It's, it's where like the clunky comes from. It's like a simplistic design, which again I like. Like I'm in the middle of an adventure mm-hmm. game. I don't want to learn how to fight right now. I just want to mash a few buttons. So I think they mm-hmm. nailed it. But um, but yeah. So to your point I, with the the IQ thing, so. I never understood the IQ thing until preparing for this episode <laughs> this 33 awesome. minutes ago. And You're doing a learning. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's called the Indie Quote in our IQ. And I just thought it was just, you know, I don't know, just a trademarky name for their, their point system. But it's actually pretty cool. Um, it, is, it is how they approached, let's say, a STEAM achievement award. Like if, if STEAM wasn't around, I would actually be dead curious – as to how to implement how to implement this in in the Phantom Fellows game because it's like it's pretty brilliant now with with Steam and with the achievements you know there's no need I guess you could argue mm-hmm. um, and GOG's achievements too but it's like it's pretty it's pretty cool because it, it it remembers in a quest for glory kind of sense it remembers your replays and where you are so it's not just did you get the most amount of points it's have you unlocked every path and every option and every avenue in the game right. Ah, so you play it straight up with talking, only you play it with only fighting, you know, different things. Yeah, like we're like, you know, if, if you, um, there's, there's a lot of different paths, right? So so it's like mm-hmm. if you if you um, use the path and, and go the Hitler signs your path route, or if, or if you yeah. go the checkpoint route, and, and, so, and mm-hmm. there's a ton of those. So yeah, so it's kind of their way of saying like, hey, you'll know when you've done everything we thought of when you get to 800 IQ points. Uh-huh. I cool. did not know that. Yeah, that is that's pretty sweet. I was I was totally prepared to just rip on it. Like I, I, the thing I was going to say negatively was was arguably funnier, but but then I learned <laughs> about what it really did, and I was like, oh, well, that's actually pretty cool. How they do that? <laughs> it certainly um, was com- comforting in its predictability, though. The whole game itself, the way you traveled, the scenarios—you knew what was coming, you knew what was going to happen. The only difference was, of course, they they changed up the puzzles to make it make sense in a computer game and. Also speaking of that, uh, yeah. it's like Lucas, Lucas Arts really does puzzles different from Sierra. Mm, go on. Yeah, they're just they're It's like Lucas Arts is like conversation mixed with very specific puzzle types. It seems to be broken up mm. into like mazes and symbols. I, okay, then you might say Sierra does the same thing, but somehow it seems like in a LucasArts game, you're more forced through it. There's like, there's no easy way through it. There's more like, this is a thing you have to do. You have to get through it to move on. And I felt in a lot of Sierra games, they'd give you it out a little bit more. Right. I, I know what you mean because there is a feeling, and and, and I guess to keep it, to keep a balance, there's the Gabriel Knight runs the risk of this as well, where you you can mm-hmm. feel a little bit stuck in yeah. the dialogue, yeah. it, and and then I might even argue it has some what you, to your point that it might have something to do with the 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 scum GUI system, I guess you could call it, the, like the on screen, the way that the dialogue is done, which is the same way it's being done in Phantom Fellows, and I think that that Sierra largely did, where you know it's blacked out at the bottom of the screen with with dialogue. There's something about that that can make you feel kind of with LucasArts, you know that that a lot of times you got to run that tree all the way down, and, that, and mm-hmm. that, that's I guess a danger, right? Because that's when you kind of check out mentally and, and risk just clicking through them all, right? And then missing information because in some others it's like, yeah, you got to pick right, or because all the other options are going to disappear now. Right, right. Is that happens? I don't know. My opinion on that's divided, but that's for another episode. Right. Yeah. No. Regardless. So, so just, it's like the the, the burst of idea to think on is. is 
is there, are they more dialogue based puzzles in a sense, mm-hmm. or does it just they're more? Like, but like the the puzzles themselves are just very puzzly. It is this is a maze, this is a number game. This you have to go back and forth here 16 times, pick up the thing, put it over here, put the book over here, talk to the guy, come over here. It was, it just, to me, both that one and the un- other Indiana Jones game, the, uh, you know, Atlantis one, they're both kind of like that in that way. It's like, it's very, very, very divided between gameplay, dialogue, and puzzles. And I do, it's just uh, different from Sierra games to me in that layout. It's like, and, and, I found a few puzzles in the the, uh, other Indiana Jones game, too, that I found really challenging for me to get through. Okay, so are you are you saying perhaps like it feels like with with in a sense, it feels like now you do puzzles and now you listen to parts of the story and now you talk to characters and now you do a puzzle. And yes, like it's to pieced story. together. Yes, right. exactly. Feel, yeah, it's I very pieced together. But in and I'm saying I get it. Sierra does that too, and I'm having a hard time articulating what I mean. But it's not in the same layout. Right. No, I completely understand, and unfortunately, I, I'm of no assistance in the articulation. <laughs> but we could totally think on that and come back to it at, at a few yeah. at a different time because that's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, uh, but yeah, it was okay. I'm not a big fan of mazes. Like I said, it's fine. Yeah. I did I did I write out cold, just figure where everything out was and memorize it? No, I probably would have gotten better with time, but I had to kind of map, look up on the map which way I wanted to go. But at least it's like bad guys aren't stopping and fighting you everywhere, like in some other games, like Final Fantasy or something. I mean, you can make your way through and you get to know where the guards are and you get to know where every room is and... And depending on the routes you go in this game, it it can be really punishing because if you, and I I don't, I don't understand all the paths and and all the, you know, so I can't say Atlantis is very clean in the sense where it's like, I could say, Mm -hmm. if you did the team path, then you would experience this. Um, And Mm -hmm. there's not, I can't do that with this game. So all I can really say is that there is a scenario in which you have to do the maze in the catacombs. You have to do not a maze in the, in the castle, um, Mm -hmm. What is it's not Grunwald, is it Brunwald? Is it a B or an E? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It's not really a maze in the castle, but it's it's basically just you know mm-hmm. navigation. It's kind of it's, it kind of sucks. I don't like walking around the castle. Um, and then there's also a scenario, or the in this scenario, the third one would be at the end. There's like this, the ladders and like this. I don't know if you're inside the zeppelin. I think you are. Is that is that the one you got? Yeah, I got stuff in the Zeppelin. I wasn't there yet. I was just, I was just lamenting over the bore and how it was like not hot the second you turned off the fire. Okay, okay, but yeah, Carry so that's, that's three no. mazes. That's, that's way too many mazes. In a no, game. it was three, and I, I, I did. I mean, I can't help it. My brain did say, "Oh God, not another maze." And there was a few times my brain was like, "Oh, of course, there's a puzzle here." Right. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed. Yeah. I've never really paid attention. I don't think before to like what Lucas was doing similar to Sierra. I usually kind of look at the differences, and maybe it was again from that thing, the Gilbert thing we talked about last week. But mm-hmm. the 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 first maze in the catacombs is very Space Quest uh, two ish, isn't it? I was thinking about the comparison maze wise to the Space Quest games, and then I was also like. 
like I said, the breaking up, how they broke it up with the the funny little scenes and the cast of characters and stuff. It was like this game was kind of almost like an experiment. It felt like they were really new. Even even the cursor, it was a little awkward to wield at point, you know, to get it to click exactly where you wanted to click. Sometimes my brain was just like, I'm so tired of making this cursor do the thing like oh, like the plane part where you got you're flying the planes and you're trying to aim it and then you've got to bomb the right. other planes before they obviously bomb you after and stuff. I'm I got so like, stuck ah. there. I got so oh, stuck. Oh my god, over game. and over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, to to your point just a second ago, that I think that's where I started thinking of like the that's the part where it's like Atlantis is the game maybe they were they were trying to make or if they had yeah. time to that, that it would have been and I was saying a second ago like in Atlantis you had the team path and it was very clear which path you were on and this one it didn't and those are probably all things they they would have addressed if they weren't in a crunch because the the movie getting out and the deadline and releasing it alongside of that or whatever so um it's really cool that they're able to do the Atlantis thing because yeah it, it and then it does beg that question where it's like you start this big complex thing with paths and then in this situation where if you run out of time then it's like well all that path ended up being was kind of a maze like there's nothing mm-hmm. there except for like with the checkpoints that are just like over and over and over again it's like it, it's yeah that was a path all I got, right I got to the zeppelin and I'm like oh at least there won't be any mazes here and then I'm like right. oh no it's three dimensional mazes there's right. like there's under and upper and lower mazes it's and- a weird Donkey Kong yeah. element to it that's great it was very 3D <laughs> at no time was <laughs> the guard yeah <laughs> Sorry, were you saying at no time was it what? Oh, God, I don't know. That was a long time. <laughs> carry on, carry fair. on. Uh, that's very fair. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite of the guards was that the tattooed dude, the like Biff Nazi yes. looking guy that was guzzling and all that. That one was really funny. That one stood out as a funny moment. Yeah, that one was awesome. You got, uh, you get that guy drunk, I think, to get past mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And then they got the little bubbles coming out of their head. I loved how they did the drunkness yes. in, the, in the art side. Yes, and speaking of sort of of that, not really, but sort of, this is a very swastika-heavy game. Um, <laughs> very, oh God. I was wondering uh, how many there was going to be. You could almost play like, take a shot every time you see a swastika. Okay. <laughs> be real drunk, though. Okay, a quick, I guess, a shout-out to... Um, well, not I guess. Definitely shout out to Adventure Game Geek on 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 YouTube. His channel was awesome. If if you're not aware of it, check it out. Um, and I was I was watching his video on this for for a little refreshing or whatever. And um, I'm just glad he said it. You know, being being the Jew, it's like maybe that's just me. He, you know, you never really know how much people notice these things. Um, and, and I am making an assumption on on. Uh, on Adventure Game Geek, but I, I don't think he is uh, is also Jewish. And he, for him to say it was was cathartic, I'm like, okay, thank you. Because even when you even when even when the Nazi gets knocked out, instead of like little birds, it's little swastikas. I mean, it's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know they're everywhere, except yeah. for in the German game uh, version of the game because of you oh. know because of German laws, okay. they're 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 replaced by black squares with red dots, I believe, and. That's uh, why I think one of the playthroughs I, I checked out had that effect going because occasionally I'd flip over and see what somebody else was doing. Yeah, and no, it fair enough. Different. I was wondering why because it wasn't in English. So yeah, that could have been it. Yeah, the, the German criminal code. I think it is. Yeah, so they're not allowed to do that. But there is one overlooked uh, a swastika totally snuck its way back into Germany in this game. <laughs> a dramatic way of putting it when a guard's knocked out in a fist fight. Um, those swastika stars that I was talking about. So, so one of the guards knockouts in the German version still has the swastika. Yeah. Right. 
That's fancy. I love little details like that, though. And, you know, it, the game, it, would, it, would ne- it never could be made now how it was made, no matter what the subject matter. It was of its time and place. 8990 was such a magical sort of developing time for all games where, where it, graphics and everything really started to bloom into what became the next generation of adventure games before we decided we didn't want any for a decade or two. Yeah, no, I'm glad he said that too, because this isn't that total sweet spot of like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that later AGI SCI zero for on the Sierra mm-hmm. side of things where, and, and I guess I would say to, uh, to equate it on the LucasArts, it's like for the LucasArts games that had the EGA and the VGA version, right? Not not mm-hmm. like a graphic card upscale, but like a independently drawn version of each. Those, those It's just such a nice period of time because then you get mm-hmm. to, and, and I should say to you, obviously, or I should obviously say now that there is an EGA and a VGA version of this. Um, and there's also a CD-ROM version of it um, that mm-hmm. you could get from like the, the white label or something collection and also the archives. Um, and that version, I believe, has some additional music and or sound. Oh, right. I wanted to say this is entirely related. At the end of the game, when I'm watching the credits, it said it was programmed at Skywalker Ranch and that movie, Laserdisc, and videotapes are available from Paramount Pictures, which I thought was awfully cool. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Um, You said fun little facts. I've got one more for this one, which is in... uh, You can obtain a diary. I believe it's earlier Mm -hmm. in the game. And... Mm -hmm the diary becomes like a really, it's, it's not the grail diary. I should totally no, the, say uh, it's, it's your version. The one that you did when you were a kid. Yes. It, and, it, and it's interesting in the sense that it's never, it's not confirmed in the game or otherwise that it is that, mm-hmm. but, and yeah. I, I never really got into young Indiana Jones, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with it. And I'm at least familiar with it enough to know that, that the journal is a big part of young Indiana Jones adventures. Yeah. Cause um, that's so- what he said when he pulled it out. He's like, Oh, Hey, what do you know? It's the one I made to imitate my dad's when I was a kid. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I guess what the, what the, what the kind of fandom people are saying is like, so mm-hmm. is it, does he mean in a replica sense or does he mean like, okay. So I guess we'll yeah, just cause say. He that- said he wanted to play along with his dad so that he could pretend to, you know, be a grown up explorer like his dad was, was kind of what the game said to me. Very cool. See, that sounds much more clear than the, the wiki made it sound. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds almost like it definitely is. Well, it's, it all doesn't matter. That's for sure. So there's mm-hmm. that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, wait, I've got another fun one that I didn't know and I've never seen. But if you look out, I don't know how specific it is. If it's like any window, I don't even remember how many windows are. You could help me with that. But if you look at the mm-hmm. window in the castle, at mm-hmm. least at some point, then you can actually see what's her name as a Nazi ahead of time. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, and then you would know. Uh, what's her name, by the way, is Dr. Elsa Schneider. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Gosh. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I thought that was kind of cool. That like, that was the kind of thing that made me want to go back and do it. And, oh, here's what I was going to say is negatively as far as the IQ thing before I knew it was mm-hmm. actually a cool system was because I think, I think you're with me because, you know, because you didn't know it either until today. Yeah. So we both probably just thought it was like a gimmicky point system, right? Because right. they tried to do that a lot at this time because they were convinced that adventure games didn't have replayability factor mm-hmm. and i just beg to differ i think they definitely underestimated the nerd in us um, i did not expect to see a points thing because i'm like this is a lucas arts game i said what does it matter if i box this guy a hundred times or win right. him once or twice in a game like lucas arts it makes no fucking difference and then all of a sudden i'm at the end and i'm like oh you were judging me the whole time uh-huh okay right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
fuck? I didn't know, man. Would have put more effort in. Yeah, I, I literally wish I knew what it was for too, because they, yeah. they definitely did the point system better. That's a much cooler way to do it. I just yeah. didn't know they were doing it. No, um, and not compounding. It's like maybe every time you use the whip, it gave you like the John Williams, like do, 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 like the whole hurrah. It's like, does that when I'm getting points? Yeah. Right, right. And then there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very confusing. But it, yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, I was going to say that they, they underestimate us because I think the little things like going back to to, to find little things, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, people, you know, like we're okay with just, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that they underestimated, and by they, I mean Sierra and LucasArts and, and just in general with, with the gimmicks to, for replayability, they underestimated mm-hmm. just how comforting that kind of stuff is. Like how we all just love to That's rewatch true. the same movie and beat it to death because it feels good. It's like, don't worry. If, if the thing's good, it might become one of those things that one of us does that too. So. Exactly. Because we know there's still games that we pull out once or twice a year and go, ah, oh, that feels so freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, okay, speaking of, um, how was the speaking of Space Quest? Oh, because that's the game I play constantly, right? So is is Space Quest two the one where he's got the diamond, the, the gem in his mouth, and he's crawling around, and it's like a, it's a spotlight maze, kind of like the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Okay, just want because I don't know. I guess I got it in my head that Ron Gilbert's only played probably those first like first generation Sierra games, and was like, okay, I know what to do. Is that the one <laughs> you have to swim with the gem and stuff too, right? If I'm recalling that it's number two, possibly. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. I think it's. I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure you're good. Number two, I'm going to call it. Carry on. Right, because yeah, because number two yeah. more on the planet. All right. Yeah, well, and he has to hold in his mouth in the graphics. Yeah, no, that's. I'm going to call it. That's it. Yeah, well, that puzzle and the catacombs one—not puzzle. Those mazes—they're the worst. Mm-hmm. Just the they little, are awful. You can't see in front of you. Like I, I, I guess I don't know. I have this vision of, of Lucas being just so above Sierra in 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 mm-hmm. many perspectives. <laughs> um, to to the to which I'm surprised if they if I saw something in a previous Sierra game that I'm seeing again in a Lucas game, I'm surprised it's something terrible like that, like a spot. Space Quest 4 did the maze well, though. If you went the wrong way, the green slime's going to get you. You know, like, it's like, oh, you went this way, you died. Okay, you went this way, you had to fight the droid or whatever. So you're like, okay, so very quickly with saving and restoring, you can map up, map out exactly where you're supposed to go. Right. I I said that's fun, and then you mentioned all that, and it's like uh, just so many people are like, that's not not fun. (laughs) You have to die and save and restore? (laughs) It's insane. Well, oh, guess what? You boy. die in this game too, my dudes. And we're mm-hmm. not going to harp on it because I think I think a lot of Ron's why adventure games suck. It was like a reflection on mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, 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 I, I could be wrong. I'm just I could be misremembering this, but I feel like perhaps he was reflecting on this game among other things when he wrote that. So mm-hmm. there's, there's no need to rub their noses in it, but you can die in this game, so that's fun. Yeah, literally, I, mean, I enjoyed it. Well, it's like you can die in Monkey Island. That's fun. I I personally like, okay, once. But anyways, I personally like dying in games because I think it's a great function. So again, and I've mentioned it before on the podcast, I always wanted to find all of the deaths. So I was just a serial saver. Can I die here? Can I die here? Okay, now I know how not to die. What are the things I can try to die now? Right. So, so yeah, because I know we're the same way. Like, you walk into a fresh room, like a catacomb mm-hmm. room for the first time, and there's three different routes. Bam, mm-hmm. you save. Mm-hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. it's like anything you do could affect, you know, that, or at least that's kind of how it should be. And in, in mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, or in this game's defense, because it's such a mouthful to say this bloody game, in this game's defense, there, there is a very Sierra-like mechanism here where if you don't read the... Um, what are they? What are them things called on the inscriptions? If you don't read um, an inscription on the wall before you mm-hmm. pull the cork with your whip and break the bridge yeah. with the wire, um, if you don't read that, then you wouldn't know. I guess pre-internet, let's say, because yeah, um, he just kind of all of a sudden goes, "Oh, I know how to do this." Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, and, and so that is kind of in a Sierra-like move. If you hadn't already read um, one of the inscriptions, then you you. You would have missed their hint, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. It's not truly a Sierra E move because it's not that bad of a consequence. But then at the same time, with like Turian, um, I hope I say that right, um, Shepard, who's all, another mm-hmm. awesome YouTube channel, YouTuber that you've heard us mention before. So check him out. T U R I A N? I might have just made yeah. it worse. Doesn't no, matter. It's a- Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, he, he's, God, he's awesome. And and uh, he was he was quite frustrated at this game that for, for ending reasons, we're making our way towards. And I could just say that, that mm-hmm. it's. It's not super clear. Like, I, I guess it is kind of Sierra-y because, okay, what I'm trying to say is that people did need this hint, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the hint is basically regarding – actually, I have it specifically, so let's be specific. It'll tell you that there's – basically, it'll give you two options for which the grail is at the very end. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll direct you to the diary that the game came with and where you should look in the diary. And then in the diary, it'll give you two options. Mm-hmm. As like a fail, fail safe. So anyway, sorry, but I, I, I think it's kind of funny that we both kind of got excited about that kind of stuff because it's a consequence thing. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't do this thing, then you miss it, and that's why we said when we walk into a room with three entrances like that, we save it right away. It's like exactly. It's I'm putting my thing. page. I'm putting my finger in the you know. Go to page thirty six if you want to open the left door. Go to page ninety two if you want to open the uh, right door. And I'm I'm leaving my finger in that first page. You know, that's <laughs> right, all it's doing. Right. Exactly. Well, I guess in a, a positive swing for this game, I will say, as, as I was bitching about the castle, well, first of all, let me ask you, having just played it, what did you think about the castle part in general? Odd amount of wardrobe changes in this game, no? <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of back and forth. A lot of like you had to know who you had to dress like to talk to each yes. person, to do each scenario, to go on to the next scene. I found it, it was, I was like, at this point, because I was powering through the game a little bit, I was finding it a little bit tedious, <laughs> but fun. I thought it was kind of neat. I thought the concept was fine. It was a, it was a kind of a cool kind of puzzle and it was reminiscent of a different game. And I can't for the life of me remember which one it was, where you had to change what you were wearing over and over again to talk to different people to make it through. But I just, I can't remember what game it was. What else did I say about it? The indie wear, right? I thought the whole idea of the indie wear was funny. I thought that the sensor bar was pretty hilarious though, right? Yeah. They were Because you're just like, oh, because almost every game you play otherwise in Sierra, it's like, you can't change here. There's no privacy. You always have to go behind a screen or like in another place or behind a closed door. So I was like, how are they dealing with this? Because obviously some of the places that you change, there is no place to hide. So the, the sort of fourth wall kind of humor of the sensor bar was you know funny uh, also the dog in the castle that was like after you give him the thing and he's all eating the sound effects that they used for the dog was pretty hilarious too yeah yeah that was good that was mm-hmm. yeah i like what you said about the sensor bar too because that's a nice example mm-hmm. of that like silly in a suit thing where it's like it it's a really good solution to a problem design wise of the game where it's like well this is within the indie indie kind of realm 
and we mm-hmm. can skip a lot of BS by just letting them do it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, Biff, the Nazi guy, he was there. He was pretty funny. And then, and then afterwards when you're all tied up in the chair and you're like, oh my God, this is so the movie, but it took forever. You're like, you have to rock your way over to the fireplace and stuff. It was cute. I mean, it was so like, this is where you're really falling into the movie hard too. You're just like, yep. Moment for moment, really true. Like if ever somebody were to say, wow, that game is a faithful adaptation, I could not argue with them because that is about the closest. And I guess that's why it's rushed, right? Because they didn't have to come up with a plot or a storyline as such. All they had to do was take the exact storyline that was coming out of the movie and then adapt it with puzzles. Boom, you have a game, you have a movie, you can release, moving on, next project. Right. Yeah, well played. It makes me makes me wonder how much of the game. I'm sorry, how much of the movie they they saw? How much of the the mm-hmm. storyboard, the the design? Because it's pretty damn bang on. So like mm-hmm. I, I'm now, I'm wondering if um, David Fox and and Noah and Ron Gilbert like had access to like pre screenings or just like what what exactly they got to see to 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 get it down so pat. But yeah, you're right. It's it's really faithful. And then you mentioned how how close to the movie it was in that particular scene, and I had a note. That the way earlier in the game when you're you know manipulated slash hired by Donovan to to go mm-hmm. for the Grail and you find your dad's missing or you learn that it was your dad that's missing. Um, right. I'm wondering now if it's the like Donovan scenes that are almost identical, right? Because it seems mm-hmm. like when he's doing a monologue, it's like right from the movie. Yeah, like honestly, I swear there was there was quite a few where I could mouth right along with exactly what they were saying because they're such mm-hmm. iconic lines from uh, to be clear, I've seen the movie before. It was just a long time ago. It's just this is the the first time at least in more than a decade or two that I've watched them, especially all in order like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, God. Anything we've seen like, you know, as kids or like that doesn't count at all for memory no, for me. I just, I just like tell myself, "Yes, you've seen it." And that's it. Like yeah, I don't know anything about it, it, but I've seen it. You have the equivalent of the trailer of it in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Generously, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear, yeah. listeners, not this film. This is, this is one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. I said that earlier with the Bible stuff, so we're good. That was a weird yeah, you, you, way to put that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, the Bible's not your – no, we won't get into that either, though. It's fine. Right, yeah. That's uh, panic sometimes. button stuff. So. We've talked about Nazis enough in this episode. <laughs> 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 um all right what else i got really i got what, what odd amount of wardrobe changes yes yes we yep. so yep. that's Definitely that kind of covers good. the castle i guess um yeah there's a whole bunch of different routes there there's there's a big pain in pain in the butt thing okay so tell me what did you see hitler did you have him sign your pass or did you go like the checkpoint route no i went the checkpoint route oof me too yeah, I did not even know that that was an alternative. You can see that. Well, I mean, you knew, but you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's rough. I didn't know till till today. I don't think it was clear yeah. to me till today because I've and I've played this game yeah. like three times, and I always had to go yeah. to checkpoint because I guess you have to get you have to dress into a servant's costume. Yeah, to, and then to you get, have to go back to yeah. it twice. Yeah, because so. I think we all probably tried tried what what was correct, but in the wrong uniform, in the wrong mm-hmm. costume. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a lot to it. It was it was getting a little right. confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's really quite convoluted. I, I think I actually wrote it down for some reason, but mm-hmm. the, like, yeah, you you get the pass in the castle. I see. I didn't write down that how you how you even get to that point, but you get the pass in the castle, and that that pass has a combination which opens a safe in the gallery, and inside of the safe is a painting of the Mona Lisa, or mm-hmm. some no, the safe is maybe behind the Mona Lisa. The and, safe is behind the Mona Lisa because she has the obvious kind of coding right in behind where the tear is on the painting in the art room. Oh, nice. I forgot that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then that safe shows the grail, but in my case, it was not the grail. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, paint by number, Mona Lisa was the comment. I'm like, oh, of course it's a puzzle. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, yeah. When you walk into a room and you're like, that's going to be the thing I interact with. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know. But it was fun, too, looking at all the things. Again, cursor, by this time in the game, I was feeling a little cursor-weary with that tiny little freaking dot to direct over everything. It's like a everything. crosshair, so I guess, I, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a crosshair, and the game was kind of in the, the ratio where it's almost widescreen style so even though the text was on the bottom and and i looked at a few videos online that just this just seems to be the format that this game is in because if you make it any bigger to fit the screen there you'll have to cut off the sides right it's just the ratio right right yeah yeah that's cool i didn't know well not cool but cool that i didn't know it not yeah i like knowing things all right well (laughs) yeah i would say that's that's probably uh i mean do you have anything else you want to add about this other than if you're going to play the game, probably watch the movie first if you want it to be easier. Yeah, no. Well, I agree and no. Um, <laughs> I got stupid stuff. If you In the library, there's Gregorio Lucasi. <laughs> written on one of the books. Oh, there's pixel hunting That's in this cute. game. That sucks. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of pixel that. hunting when you're in the library and in various other places. I might argue that this game is, is a good candidate for a walkthrough. Like, yeah. like, it, I don't know. Like, there's just, and I, I get, I get how that's just, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just not going to happen for a lot of people that, which is totally fair enough. But it's like, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would, I guess I'm just saying that in, instead of just not playing it at all, if, if that's what it came down to, I would give mm-hmm. it the 90 minutes with a walkthrough instead. Cause it's pretty fun. Yeah. To walk, Cause it's, it's it, you've seen the movie. It doesn't matter. Like it's, it's not like the walkthrough is going to spoil things. It's just, <laughs> It's kind of a rogue scenario here. It's like you're kind of emulating the movie. It made me laugh a few times. It was funny. It was amusing. And it gave me the same good feel that all LucasArts games give me. It was just, it was a little early and like not as tedious, say, as, I mean, Maniac Mansion is a fun game, but this is obviously a little bit more advanced than that. So it's, it's really on its way to becoming a pretty fantastic game. I wonder if there's anywhere in the works to have any kind of a remake on it, even just touching up the pixels a bit. Um, good question. I'd be, I'm also curious about the FM Towns version of this, because there is an mm-hmm. FM Towns version, and, and they're you know traditionally a, a lot more magnificent, I guess you could say. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that this one actually looks any different um, mm-hmm. than the VGA version. Like I'm not sure if I got able to check that out, because I, I guess in this case, right, FM Towns is usually like the the remaster, the equivalent of a remaster. They're so nice looking. Mm-hmm. But um, oh yeah, I wanted to say that in the castle earlier is the origin of the I'm selling fine leather jackets line. Hmm, of course, that's where it came from originally. Yeah, exactly. Yes, in the castle I like that. here in Monkey Island and full throttle, at least that I know of. At least those two, probably mm-hmm. more. Um, what else? I think I think that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, yeah, I like driving around. I, I wrote down way too many specifics. Uh, yeah, oh, if you too. guys take the biplane, push and pull the handle. I was stuck on that for so long. For mm-hmm. so long, yeah, you got to push it, and that's because they'll tell you to pump it or whatever. Yeah, it, 
It's very confusing. You got to push and pull a lot. All of it. That whole plane thing was, you know, in essence, it was really a cool idea, but I found it again, even further into my play, a little extra frustrated. I'm not really taking any breaks. I'm like, we're doing a podcast episode. We've got a time. I'm muscling through this. So by that point, I'm just like, are you freaking serious? Yeah. (laughs) And then you get taken down like immediately. I'm like, that was a lot, dude. I mean, I was in the sky for like 33 seconds. We're already shot down. Are you serious? Because you already know you're getting shot down anyways, but it's just like, no, you need to follow the movie and you make some shots first. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, it reminds me too. I always say that Atlantis might be a perfect game and that is, that's where it gets the most questionable is in that hot air balloon. The hot air balloon travels a little dodgy, a little drifty, a little dodgy, a little drifty. Reins are loose. Mm -hmm. Actually, that part frustrated me quite a bit. Yeah, it did. We should end on a positive note. Uh, we should. So we just don't have one. <laughs> just you know, it's a good game. We like it, and yeah, should- we both. It was worth playing. Even I would have played it probably even if I wasn't going to just talk about it after. But there's something satisfying about playing a game and then immediately running to all of your many friends, at least you know a few of you out there, and going, "Hey, hey, hey, check it out! I just played a game I never played before. It was so much fun. Let me talk about it." So. So that's what this was. <laughs> that is exactly what this was. And that concludes today's episode of the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, I don't know. It's a little deep. If you want to stay connected with us and stay updated on future episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at CGG Podcast and at Phantom Fellows. Like us on Facebook at Classic Gamers Guild. Join us on Instagram at CGG Podcast, which Believe it or not, I've actually been updating. Uh, send us an email. We love getting those at mail at classicgamersguild.com. Uh, send us an email, mail at classicgamersguild.com. Try the second one, not the first one I just told you. And don't forget to check our Patreon page at patreon.com, Classic Gamers Guild, to support the show, which some of you actually still are. And we really appreciate it. And we talk about you guys a lot more than you know. It's yeah. true. We really do. We have a lot of thinking that happens. It's it's important to us. So uh, anyways, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week for another exciting adventure in gaming. But also, don't do murder. <laughs>